Welcome back to the Craft and Career podcast series featuring conversations with professional creatives from the arts, entertainment, and media industries. Here we explore various approaches to craft and career and even consider how those two can sometimes work together. I'm Derek Webster, Senior Associate Director for Creative Careers at Yale's Office of Career Strategy, and I'm excited to introduce our next guest, Zoe Hunter, Managing Director for Yale Sci City. After working as an Innovation Fellow and then the Director of Student Programming, Zoe is now Sci City's Managing Director, where she works collaboratively to lead programming, communications, and student engagement initiatives at Yale Central Hub for all things innovation and entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship. Zoe has extensive experience in community engagement, program design, and both social and creative entrepreneurship. Beyond her work at Yale, she's a certified life coach and the award-winning creator of a woman empowerment brand, Dear Queens, founded to inspire women toward personal and spiritual fulfillment. She's also a seasoned grant reviewer, a freelance writer for digital media outlet, XO Nicole, and a contributing writer for Thrive Global. In all her engagements, Zoe remains passionate about helping people become their best selves and creating lasting impact in the lives of others. Welcome, Zoe, to the Craft and Career Podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much, Derek, for having me. Yeah, it's so great to have you. You're both a partner and a colleague and just across the street, almost like at Sci City. So it's great to have you here. Um, now, the format that we normally use, we start with a, a pretty much a, almost a definition of terms. Like we call this podcast craft and career. But the question is, what do we mean by that? So when, when I say craft, like, what does that make you think? Yeah, when I hear the term craft, I think about kind of like a, someone's gift, right? The thing that they are just so skilled at, the thing perhaps that that just kind of drives them towards impact, the means in which they kind of create or, or generate idea kind of is what is what I think of when I hear the term craft. That's great. No, that's a, that's, that's a, a very generative context to start from, I think. So let's look on the maybe the less abstract, but more maybe harsher t- side, which yeah. is career. When, yeah. you, when you hear about career, what does it make you think? What is it, you know, what falls into place for you when we're talking about career? Yeah, I, I think oftentimes in conversations about career, it's uh, occupation. It's, you know, what you do um, to get paid, <laughs> right? Full-time job, part-time job, whatever it might be. What what do you do to get paid? What is your occupation? I think a lot of times when I think about career, I think about your life's work, right? Not necessarily your job title or even your, the industry that you're in, but what is your the, the legacy that you're leaving behind? And so when I think about me personally and my career, I think a lot of people look at me and say, okay, you're a student affairs professional perhaps, or you work in higher ed, which is my industry. But I look at, at it as from, from a different context, because of course I know myself the, the best, right? Yeah. And so when I identify my career, I, I like to think of it as wanting to help people become their best selves. And I think that has manifested in various ways. So it has manifested in, in my current role as managing director of Sci City, in that I get to help coach students toward entrepreneurship. I also think of it in my kind of private <laughs> side hustles, as, as I call them, right, um, yeah. as, a, as a life coach and working directly with people to help them become their best selves, as well as in my craft, which is I consider writing pieces that empower people towards that. So my career, as I define it, would be helping people become their best selves. Great. Yeah. And, and that makes so much sense. I mean, yeah, the way that you talked about 
career and in some ways it's almost like a, a career. Most people think of career as what happens to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas that concept that you have of craft being a gift, mm-hmm. right? So the, the grace of career, you know, of craft perhaps actually applying itself and, and, and then the career is not something done to you, but something that you're giving back to in some Absolutely. ways. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a, such a healthy way of thinking about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. Okay. So back to the craft side, you mentioned in some ways you think of um, craft in your perspective suits as being writing oriented, you know, I would probably add in just knowing your background, like just the communication skills involved and, and, and media association and, um, and also, and even, you know, a lot of people can, can think about even designing a, pro- a program or, or working in the organizational has a lot of like creative engagement to it. Absolutely. And you particularly are working with the entrepreneurial audience, which yes. you know, as, as, <laughs> As artists or freelancers, they're also entrepreneurs by nature. Yes. Like they, they have to be, right? Yeah. So yeah, tell me more about what keeps you coming back to that gift of craft. What keeps you, wh- whichever table it is that you're sitting at that you feel is the craft table. Like what keeps you there? What keeps you consistent with it? What keeps it being, you know, a, a supportable process for you? Yeah, that's such a great question. Honestly, as cliche as it might sound, I just genuinely love what I do. Writing for me has always been a release of sorts, always been my favorite form of communication with people. And so I am just, just, I love it so deeply. And that's what brings me back to it for full transparency. Like there are are moments where it's like, Oh, I haven't written in in a few weeks because life is happening, but I I'm always drawn back to it just because it's almost second nature to me. It's, it's really what grabs hold of me. And I think in the context of my professional work and in communications and in, in student affairs and in programming, it's similar. I genuinely do love programming. I genuinely do love coming to the table and being creative from the comms perspective. It is really kind of my go-to medium of sorts. And that pull is really what keeps me coming back And yeah, again, it sounds really cliche, but it's one of those things. I think to be a creative in general, there's a certain love and desire you have to have for the work, especially when you're creating from a space of vulnerability, like through writing, like through uh, visual art, like through photography sometimes. Right. And so it's, it's certainly one of those, those fields where that love is so important. Yeah. And, and understanding that, you know, given uh, you and I both, we have day jobs and then we have like in, engaging practice. And, and sometimes we try to blend the two together, like in the kinds yeah. of programs and projects that we're working on. From your perspective, how difficult is it or how how are you able to sort of manage? You mentioned sometimes you'll look up from a, a busy couple of weeks and say, hey, I haven't really been to that creative table in a while. How do you stay consistent when life doesn't always allow for the day, daily check in version of consistency? Yeah time, commitment. What I started to do now is dedicate some time to writing and sitting down and doing the work. And throughout this, right, I'll say a lot about writing, but as you mentioned, I am a creative in all and off context of the, the word, right? So yeah. in my own uh, entrepreneurial endeavor, I have really dabbled in podcasting. I've dabbled in merchandise creation and design and content curation. And I think with all of those things, as it is a priority to me in my work, 
I have to prioritize it. Right. And I have to set time on my calendar because if it's not on my calendar, it doesn't exist. (laughs) And I, I designate that time on my calendar to do so. And I have a a really solid community of other writers that hold me accountable to that. So they're like, Hey, did you write this week? Did you, you know, and that's super important. But also I think sometimes it's, it's the battle of like, I'm not inspired to write. Right. So I might have time blocked on my calendar, but I'm not really in that mood. And so in those moments, I try my best to create that space because I know that if I don't hold myself accountable to creating, when I say that I will, then it will get lost. And I, there will be lots of time that, that passes without me doing so. Yeah. I like that. It's almost like you're, you're booking by priority, right? And I, I feel the same way often. It's, just whether it's on a, a, a calendar or in a, in, in a digital version or whatever it is, like, it's like, you've taken the time, you've framed that out enough that you better fill it. Um, yeah. <laughs> even, even, even if it's just trying to get yourself to that liminal space, right. And yeah. you might only get there for 10 minutes, but Hey, you blocked off an hour. Cause that's how important it is. Like yeah. That. Yeah. And that's, that's such a great point because that's the thing. Sometimes that's all you can give, right. Sometimes yeah. that's all you have is that 10 minutes of getting something out and putting, putting something out there and that's okay. Right. And yeah. giving yourself the grace to know that that's okay is yeah. also very important. And I think the more honest the creatives can be about how difficult it is to find that space, yeah. the better it is for all of us. I just saw, you know, Neil Gaiman a little while ago was responding to someone and said something along the lines of, I wrote Coraline like in 50 words a day. Like I can do 50 words, yeah. a day. you know, like, like that <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. Like I, I, lo- I love the fact that, you know, we can be frank about the difficulty, yes. but also that even in these small bits, it can add up to something meaningful, which is great. Absolutely. So you mentioned your community of practice and how important that is. And that's such an important piece for almost anyone who's who's wanting to engage in these directions. How did you find it? How did you build it? Is, Is it still in process? What does your community of practice look like? Yeah. Great question. Honestly, social media. (laughs) Really? Okay. I I started, so I've been writing for as long as I can remember. Um, I've been blogging since I was about 13. And when I launched my brand, Dear Queens, it started off as a blog. It was my way of empowering women through written word and naturally building anything in the digital space. Social media is a necessity at this point. And so I really developed this, this community organically of people just following the blog, reposting for me, communicating with me, but also me looking at other people's blogs and looking at other writers and, and how they write. Right. And just really studying writers that are in a similar space as me and kind of talking to them on social media. Hey, this is a great post. Hey, you know, I like this. Hey, do you have advice about this? And just really organically connecting with people in that way. And most of of them don't live in Connecticut. Many of them are from New York. Many are from Cali, but we took it offline and we started, you know, iMessage chats and group chats and stuff together. And it has been so fulfilling. It's been so important to me just having people to bounce ideas off of. One of the women in the group helped me pitch, send my first pitch to a digital publication, right? So it's things like that. And it's imp- it was important for me as I kind of grew into an adult, right? And thinking about adult friendship, 
but also super important to me because I really wanted to connect with people, not just off of writing, but off of just genuine humanness and like, who are you as a person? And can we actually get along outside of our similar interest and, and passion in this? So it has bloomed so beautifully and those women hold me accountable and they (laughs) proofread and and all of that. So, yeah. yeah. And it sounds like it's a a reciprocal, right? Where you're able to also give back in and, and even draw from that part of the process. Absolutely. uh, It's so important for it to be that way. So what is inspiring you right now? You, we, we mentioned like sometimes the, the room can be carved, but there might not be, it might be empty at the moment. What are you carrying with you in terms of, you know, whether it's art or, or, or television or film or, you know, whatever happens to be like, what, what is really like filling you up right now? Lots of things. So one book that kind of reignited this fire <laughs> for me, I recently finished A Return to Love by Marianne Williamson. And the premise of the book is essentially like at our core, we are love and anything else is based in fear, right? So any anger or hatred we experience in our body is a result of fear and fear doesn't exist. Essentially only love exists is kind of the premise of the book. And it recaps uh, premises of A Course in Miracles, which is an older book, but it has inspired me deeply just in, in not only in how I live my life and how I am able to display love, but also in reminding me of my genuine love for writing and getting me back to that space where essentially, like she says, fear does not exist and it does not matter anything other than this, this, this work that I love to do does not matter. And making sure that I am prioritizing that at the forefront. Um, so that has really gotten me kind of back to this place of like, remember that thing you used to do? <laughs> like get yeah. back to that. Also, I've been really intrigued by uh, fiction storytelling lately. So I recently finished a show on Amazon Prime called Harlem, which is about four Black women and how they navigate friendship and romantic relationship and their careers. And I'm just really just drawn to the storytelling of that. So those yeah. are the two things that have like kept me moving along. Do you think that the later of those inspirations will draw you even deeper into the fiction direction yourself? Yes, actually. I, <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> one of the thing, one of the pieces I started working on this year is a novel completely out of my <laughs> wheelhouse, but I wanted to stretch myself just a little bit in, in my writing practice. Uh, and I, I wrote the first chapter and I actually reached out to one of the women in my community and asked to, for her to proofread it and tell me her thoughts and see if it's something I should pursue. And she did. So yeah, I'm really tinkering (laughs) with that a little bit. Yeah. Congratulations. That's great. Great. I mean, as, as with any of this entrepreneurial bit, right, you've got to have many windows open and many platforms that you're a part of. So yeah, welcome to the fiction world. It's a fun one. (laughs) I think it is. It is. I love the, the mind just goes the imagination. I love it. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, inspiring in so many different ways. And also even, yeah, I, I particularly love like, the idea of absorbing realistic, you know, nonfiction, you know, as you were saying, like, you know, other books and, and philosophy, and then finding the way that it can port itself into that fictional world where all bets are off. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, okay, craft. Yeah, I, I feel like we're both pretty comfortable in this craft kind of conversation. So <laughs> let's look over the wall at that other big C and talk about career. It's the hard part, not for everyone. I'm speaking as a career professional. It can be really difficult from a creative vantage point to then start talking about career. So 
in the career scape, tell me more about what started you. You, you mentioned how, you know, um, in some ways, at least how some people talk about career, it's sort of like what comes for you, like it defines a career. Now you've been working against that, um, I think probably in some of your decision-making. So tell us a little bit, how, how you, has your wrestling with career gone so far? What were some of the early steps, early decisions, that kind of thing? Yeah, that's such a great question. I've been a mess in terms of career <laughs> since college, um, yeah. right? Like you, you go to college and you're like, this is what I want to do. And so you do that major and then you graduate and you're like, great, I'm in this career. And it was not that for me. I think I changed my major like four times in, in college. Yeah. And Which is only the average. That's not that scary. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Now I feel better. <laughs> and it was just a, an interesting journey in trying to even figure out what I wanted to do. And so one of my first jobs out of uh, college, it wasn't even in, in my industry, which, you know, I'd always wanted to be a communications professional once I finally decided my major. And I, at the time I was working for a municipality and again, kind of going back to my desire to just really help people. I remember driving down the street, going to work and I'm like, I need to work at a nonprofit and then I need to work in higher ed. I felt like those are two places that I would have the greatest impact. So I ended up doing that. I, <laughs> I should have prefaced this and said, I'm, I'm a woman of faith. And so that faith plays a huge role in how I navigate yeah, my career. Absolutely, yeah. So I said, I, those are the two places that I'm, I know I'm going to have the most impact and that's what I want to do. And so an opportunity presented itself in the nonprofit space in communications and marketing role. And so I started my, my journey there. I think before that in high school, right. I had always been the person that my friends went to for advice and counsel on things. So I think my work in helping people started as early as that. And it had gotten just so acknowledged that people that I wasn't even friends with would come to me for advice. Right. Wow. So yeah. I, was, <laughs> I didn't know it at the time, but I was kind of yeah. life coaching back then. Right. Um, and, and it, it stuck with me throughout, throughout the years. If I'm not impacting someone's life, I don't feel like I am, you know, operating in my purpose and I have to operate in my purpose. It's so important to me. So like I said, I started in the, in the nonprofit space. I didn't feel like I was having as direct of an impact as I wanted to. In my role, I was telling the stories about the impact. I was creating marketing materials to get donors to donate so that we can have an impact, but I wasn't doing the impactful piece of the work in my mind. And for that and a few other reasons, I ended up leaving. And my plan was... <laughs> It's funny. Um, my plan was to be unemployed for a period of time. I didn't have a job lined up. I was, but I just knew I couldn't be there any longer. And I said, I'm going to be unemployed for a little while. I have savings that can sustain me and I'm just going to do this writing thing. I'm going to pitch two publications. I'm going to figure this out. And, Very entrepreneurial. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Very risky. <laughs> and so I was unemployed for a total of three days <laughs> and I was really bummed out about it. But the opportunity that followed was at Yale University at the Divinity School. And from there, you know, I really kind of graduated into the student affairs work where I feel like I am making a difference in, in students' lives. And, and now, luckily, in my current role, I'm able to merge that communications work with the student affairs work and really make it work for me. That's fantastic. Yeah. What I, I mean, I know it always feels, you know, from, from the objective perspective, it feels scattershot or, you know, I fell into these things, the allowance of, of the randomness of it all. But honestly, like it, 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 
even in the way that you're consistently using words like impact and engagement and, and, you know, the import that you're having in these relationships you're building around you, it feels like it totally makes sense, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, how, you know, how could, how else could you have gotten here? Right. Yeah. Um, I think also, I mean, you mentioned, you know, the faith side of this as well, which is always such an important part for one to believe in, in, in the pattern and the, the purpose and, and the impact that they're having Absolutely. plugging into something bigger than themselves. So I think that probably is very helpful as well. Yeah. It's so interesting you say that. Cause to me, I'm like, you mentioned, like, I just feel <laughs> how did I get here almost? And, and, and when I, I share the story with people, it's, it's not that traditional trajectory. It's not that like, this is what I'm going to do out of college. This is what I'm going to do next. And this is what I'm going to do after that. It was very much, even as I was in those moments, like wherever life takes me next is where I'm going to go. And I'm going to trust that it's going to be what I need for that moment. And is going to be for people who need me in that moment, you know? And I think it's a different creative engagement in general is a very difficult path to walk yourself for one thing. And and thus the community engagement we just talked about. It's also a very difficult path to walk without an anchor point in something. Yes. I'll leave that open to interpretation for what that's something, because it can be many different things, I'm sure. But like the idea is unless you have something that, that you feel can catch you, like it's very difficult to take those very, as you said, risky or entrepreneurial or whatever you want to call them. Those steps are hard to take on your own. So. Absolutely. So you've landed now in this the role at Sci City. You've moved up in a couple of different positions and, and now you're the managing director and doing really great work. I can I speak glowingly about the work that you're doing over there. Thank you. Um, Thank you. So what does a day look like for you now? And, and I'll, I'll actually, I'll, I'll parse it out a little bit. Like, what does it look like for you with Sci City? But now, because we came in from this craft perspective to say all these other things you have going on, maybe share with us a little bit about how that fits in on a daily basis as well. Yeah, absolutely. Lots of meetings. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect at this level to have so many meetings. I think more times than not, anywhere from maybe about four to seven meetings within about three days. Um, so three days of like a lot of meetings. Uh, and then I give myself two days of kind of just thought work where I'm able to like be strategic and, and tackle some of the things that need to get done that couldn't get done. Cause I was in meetings and really just kind of strategize. Cause I think that's really important, especially for, for creatives. I think people think that creativity just happens <laughs> and it's like, no, so you have to create space for it to kind of emerge and, and, do and strategize, especially when we're talking content creation, which in itself is an art in my opinion. And so outside, and that's just a work day. And then after that, whether I'm working from home or maybe in the physical space, I physically have to clock out of work. I, you know, have dinner, I kind of decompress, I, I get out of my work brain. And if it's an evening where I'm going to work on my own entrepreneurial work or, or work on my writing, uh, I have to switch my brain off, right? Switch it off from work and turn it on to something else. So I need to have time in between uh, to do that. Uh, and so uh, I'll go into my, my home office. I have very dim lighting. I might have a glass of wine and I'll just tinker away at what's next. Sometimes on the weekends, it's me creating content as well. Cause that's yeah. a thing. And sometimes it's random. I might be on my couch just relaxing, watching a TV show and an idea comes and I'm on, you know, you could do everything on your phone nowadays. Right, yeah. <laughs> and so now I'm working on my, my entrepreneurial stuff on my phone, on the couch, watching TV. So 
there is no real average day because every day sure, is just so different. Um, but that's usually what what my day looks like. And, and each day needs to respect and leave room for the flexibility of all the yes. different, you know, random occurrences that might be, or great strike of lightning sort of, hey, yes. <laughs> let me make this thing happen. No, totally get it. I wonder too, uh, does that mean that writers in our audience would usually be very interested in knowing like, that sounds like you're, you're a night writer as opposed to a morning writer. Is that yes, okay? Um, indeed. And then when you, you know, for, for a lot of the writers, you know, that, that fit, fit it in as we do, do you leave room for the sloppy bits that need to be able to sort of unpack and go out further than the, you know, hour at night kind of version? Is that, is that what the weekend looks like sometimes? Yeah, sometimes it does. I am still trying to get a control of my calendar, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> um, but I do try to leave that space for, to, for kind of connecting the dots in some ways yeah. during the weekend. Great. So um, this is fantastic. We usually wrap up our first uh, conversation, first part of our conversation with a little bit of sort of practical advice, you know, from coming from your perspective. So a couple of things to keep in mind, you know, if you had a major piece of advice to give for, let's say, a student, young professional kind of writing multiple lines and, and, and interested in communication, but also the you know, creative and generative process. What's, what's, what's the one piece, right? Like what's the, the one liner that you, you do try to impart? Yeah, I, I would say, don't be afraid to explore. I think a lot of folks, again, going back to kind of wanting to put time to set your path and, and really define it early on. And I think it's admirable. You know, I think that forward thinking is, 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 amazing. But I, I encourage folks to create space to explore, right. To tap into other parts of your craft or your ideal career that you may not have thought to explore before. I think you can learn so much about yourself in the, in those spaces. And also I think when you give yourself that flexibility, you'll be surprised what you can do and what you're interested in doing. So I would definitely say, don't be too tied to your plan. Be willing to explore other things. Yeah, that's great. And and perhaps as you were saying before, having the, the foundation, you know, in place, like allows you the, 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 the trust, the freedom yes. to explore a bit more and, and feel Absolutely. like you're not going to become untethered Absolutely. in the process. How about one decision slash mistake that you made along the way? And before everyone wants to say, I wouldn't change anything. We, <laughs> we know it's true. We, we all are here because that's the, the decisions got us here. But, but what was something along the way that it, it, even if you wouldn't change it, you'd want to point to and say, hey, everybody else behind me, <laughs> this is the kind of thing you might want to think about first. <laughs> Ooh, uh, I was definitely going to go with the forefront. Like, oh, no mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't regret any part of my decisions or, or my, my journey. I would encourage people before quitting a job with no job <laughs> to make sure that they look at the entire picture there. Yes. <laughs> um, because that can be, you know, I was unemployed for three days. Not everybody has that, that luck. Um, so that's a thing. <laughs> I also think for me, uh, one thing I wish I had done um, or a decision I wish I had made uh, was to be an English minor in college. Mm -hmm. I, I the same thought, yeah. Really, <laughs> I, 
I don't know. I think Except Yale I, doesn't do minors, but still like I, I want so to focus or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A, a concentration, something. <laughs> um, I, I think because I had changed my major so many times and I'd finally arrived at what I was going to do. I'd taken so many English courses and I feel like I may have had like only three more courses to take to be a minor at my institution. And it just slipped by me. And it's largely because I didn't anticipate being a writer at any point in, in my life. Um, I didn't you know, no, <laughs> it wasn't, yeah. it was a thing I could do. So I wasn't even thinking about it, but, but going back, I think, I, I wish I would have minored in English for sure. So you took the courses though. Yes. I mean, that, you yes. know, th- that, that adds up. Right. And, yes. and I will, you know, speaking to our, our, you know, those in our audience who are the Yaleys who are going like, but I can't do a minor. Yes. Um, but still I, I'd actually even extract the, that part of that. You took the courses, right? Yeah. Like you weren't an English major, but you knew, communications, reading, writing, analysis, of content, like all those sorts of things were meaningful enough that you, it drew you to take those courses. Yeah. So, you know, from a liberal arts background, you know, it's not always even about the major. It can be yeah. about the exploration along the way and the great courses and the great mentors and the great faculty that you're come in contact with. So I give you a pass on that because you still, <laughs> you took the courses, so you did yeah. well. Yes. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> you found room for it and, and something even subconsciously subliminally in the background was saying like, take these courses because you, you're going to want this down the road. Yeah. It, it was definitely like the communications. Cause I had arrived at being a communications major and communications is important and English and writing is important. Yeah. Um, yeah. so, you know, yeah, it, it definitely, that's a great perspective to have. In that. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us something on your horizon that is exciting, something, whether it's one of your projects or something you're dabbling with, whether it's Psy or your own personal things or both of those things. Yeah. What, what, what would you like us to know about? Yeah. One thing I'm super excited about. So at Psy City, as you mentioned, we support entrepreneurs and innovators here. And for a long time, I think a lot of students didn't see a space for themselves because they didn't consider themselves entrepreneurs. And honestly, for a long time, I didn't consider myself an entrepreneur, right? I was just doing this thing again to create that impact, but I never said I'm an entrepreneur. If anything, I would consider myself a creative preneur, right? (laughs) Right. Um, And so at Psy City, we have created pathways which allow students to see themselves in the work that we do. And so we have five key pathways that go, you know, from entrepreneur to intrapreneur. So people looking to create change within organizations to explorer, what we talked about a little ago, being willing to explore and test out new things to civic innovator and then creative, which as you probably can tell, I have a great interest in. I'm really excited about the launch of of those pathways so that students can really find themselves in our programs and resources and really tap into what we offer and how it fits into their lives and what they're hoping to do long-term. That's great. Yeah, that's super exciting. Any any, any personal projects you want to push that out to? <laughs> I can't say too much, but we're exploring the idea of offering programs around content creation, digital content creation, which is a big thing. And I heard that there's no like marketing program here at Yale. And so it could be a really cool opportunity for those students to get involved. Okay. We'll keep our eyes peeled. That sounds very exciting. Um, This has been such a pleasure. I'll look forward to, uh, we'll be coming back around and and completing the conversation, but uh, thank you so much though. It's been such a pleasure. Yes, thank you for having me again, Derek. Absolutely. And before we come back around, just wanted to remind everyone, until next time, don't be afraid to use the word career, but always stay crafty.